Hello, welcome to the Wednesday, May 27th, 2020 edition of the Science and its Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich, and today I'm recording from Jacksonville, Florida. Well, by now, everybody who is using hashes in order to verify the integrity of files is typically using SHA-2 or SHA-256 and SHA-2512 as their hashing algorithms. SHA-1, MD5, older hashing algorithms haven't really been used for quite a while. And back in 2015, NIST actually came up with SHA-3 and Jim, who is doing a lot of malware analysis, is wondering why SHA-3 really hasn't sort of caught on yet. VirusTotal, for example, which does offer various hashes uh, to verify that you have to correct a sample, does not do SHA-3 now. Well, uh, probably the main reason for this lack of SHA-3 support is that there is sort of no real burning weakness in SHA-2 that would force people uh, to switch back when NIST actually uh, put out the competition for SHA-3, there was some criticism that uh, this new hashing algorithm just isn't needed. But then again, the idea here was to have this hashing algorithm ready and in use before any weaknesses in SHA-2 show up. Now, for password hashing, where we have a very different sort of threat model than for these file integrity checks, uh, usually we have better algorithms now in play other than the SHA family. And as expected, we got an update for macOS Catalina today. So now we're up to macOS 10.15.5 and security update 2023. The security content was also released for Mojave as well as for High Sierra. And while we got last week updates for other operating systems like most notably iOS, uh, we didn't get any of the security details until today because again, as expected, there's a lot of overlap between these different Apple operating systems. So they always wait until they have patches released for all of their operating systems. Nothing sort of outrageously big here. I would say lots of privilege escalation, denial of service, vulnerabilities, some sort of data leakage issues. One that sort of caught my eye was a vulnerability in the audio component. And actually there are uh, two different vulnerabilities that can lead to arbitrary code execution if the user receives a crafted audio file and place it. So that's kind of interesting. And users, of course, are often not aware that a malicious audio file may actually execute arbitrary code on the system. And yes, this vulnerability not only affects macOS, it also affects uh, the other operating systems like iOS. And yes, the details released for iOS also confirm that the mail issue that has been widely discussed in the last few weeks is also fixed in this version of iOS. 
And Google's Serity initiative released details regarding five vulnerabilities in Windows. Now, four of these have a CVSS score of seven and are privilege escalation vulnerabilities. A fifth one comes up only with a CVSS score of 2.5 and is described as a pointer, the reference information disclosure vulnerability. These vulnerabilities have not been patched yet in Windows, maybe patched in the future, but Google released this uh, de- these details in line with its uh, disclosure policy of disclosing vulnerabilities once they have been reported to the manufacturer for four months. And if you're like me reporting quite a few phishing sites uh, all the time, it's always kind of discouraging and disappointing how long it sometimes takes for these phishing sites to be taken down. So it's kind of interesting to see the blog post by Curtis Prassel about his little experiment where he sort of set up a phishing site, now a harmless phishing site. He didn't actually sort of steal user credentials and observed how various anti-phishing techniques or phishing detection techniques were used in order to discover his site how easy it was in many cases to actually evade them even in one case where Amazon forwarded a abuse request that they received for his site and without him actually doing anything they already kind of saying that hey uh, the phishing site has been uh, taken care of so a pretty interesting read also sort of interesting for pen testers that may set up sites like this as part of their pen test and of course don't want to get blacklisted even though as a pen tester you can probably be even more specific in which users you actually allow to view your particular phishing site you actually should probably use a fairly specific whitelist in that case well and this is it for today thanks again for listening and talk to you again tomorrow bye